It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, it's three guys and a special guest sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here, and I've got a special guest. T. <laughs> the opinions are really don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience while playing the game Tear and Share. And almost, this episode, as, we'll... <laughs> almost as fun as Monopoly. Yeah, almost. Episode 179 of the Effective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Woo-hoo. All right. Yes. Almost as fun as Monopoly. Yeah, I, was to, I was trying to look back. I guess. The last time that we were able to tear and share. Oh, and yes. It was in December. What is tear and... 12 episodes ago. What is tear... Oh, we have a question. What? Hold on. What is tear and share? And that's not a Jeopardy answer. Tear and share is... It's when you tear it and then you share it. What he said. So I, I looked back. I looked back in the last time that we did Tear and Share, which is a bag of topics that we had for the first hundred episodes of the show. And then you have three minutes or less, I think we did, right? Or two minutes? I don't know. Uh, to to share, share on the topic. The last time we did it was October 20th. So mm-hmm. it has been almost, what is that, almost six months, five months, something like Ow. that. So, it has been quite a while, and one that James is always requesting, and I, uh, I personally, I, I've been really proud that we haven't gone back to the uh, the tear and share well since then, and uh, we're able to uh, kind of share a little bit of what we've done, especially the last five months, based on the topics um, that obviously we weren't able to share on back then. So, before we get in. How is everything? T, how's the last seven days been for you? The last seven days have been amazing and challenging. Challenging yesterday, by the grace of God, I completed my first ultra marathoner by completing 30 plus miles in a in a 12-hour day, which wow. was outstanding. Yes, that was pretty outstanding. I got to walk with God and... He gave me a whole lot of intel. I don't remember it, but I know it's in me because that's the way he works. And uh, it has been amazing because I have found that I can call on God for a little more peace, you know, and let things slide. You know, I'm able to overlook things a bit more. And that's tremendous for me. I'll go. I took my (laughs) wife to go see Ant-Man yesterday. What? Oh, nice! Yeah. Spoil, and- spoil it for Dennis. 
Oh, Kang the Conqueror is in it. Oh, I knew that. And Caligula. I, I heard Caligula's in it. I actually started watching a spoiler video this morning. I didn't oh, finish it though. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. So we went uh, last night. We saw it in the Dolby Theater, our favorite, because it's just the sound is nice and the screen is good. And we got good seats at the last minute. So we saw it at 10 o'clock at night and we had a good time. It was a fun day. Was it, night. Was it good? Yes. Yeah, we liked it. It was nice. It was. It's a Marvel movie and it was great. It had all the Ant-Man humor and it was good. Kang was yeah. Kang yeah. was what? Amazing. Yeah. I was Modoc. <laughs> it was comic relief. It was it was weird looking at his face to be honest with you. Like the CGI was good, but you could tell it was CGI. So it was just like uh, it's like I wanted to like it, but it was just it was just weird and comical. That's all I have to say about that. But I liked him as a character. Yeah. He was good. I mean, as a character, that's kind. Of, he kind of is just weird and comical, I guess. So maybe it worked. It maybe it worked. Yeah, I um, I I passed my assessment at the the restaurant, my written one, but the mock service, I did not pass it. And they said I I'm gonna take do two more days of training and then I'll take it again. Wow. Did they tell you why you didn't pass it? Did you like? Oh yeah, they, they gave me all everything that I did. And um, they said I was really nervous, too. I was like, no kidding. Um, but, I mean, I'm dealing with the proprietor of... He was the proprietor of Capital Grill for six years, so... He, wow. He, yeah. he knows. But the thing was, he's like, listen, like, you're great. You're easy to talk to. We, you have, like, the personality. Hone your skills. That's why we're giving you two more days. And at first, it was kind of like soul crushing but then i realized that disney wants you to succeed they don't want to throw you out there and like fail they want you to be your best so i didn't take it personally and um that's it and i already i don't so i have one more day of training and here's how i know i'm gonna do good they gave me the on the job training day and then two days later they already put me on the floor they scheduled me for a shift without passing wow. so yeah, well, that's good. I know, so that's good. What about you guys, Dennis? Mm, this past week, I don't know. I feel like I did a lot of socializing this past week. Oh, thank God! Why? It is exhausting. Like, I hung out with James one day in the morning. I hung out with Steve and Carmelo and Mark. And wait, wait, we hung Mark. out. What? We hung out? We went to breakfast one day, didn't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. And then I hung out with my old sponsee, Matt, and helped him with some fil his film stuff. And I hung out with my old sponsee, Will, like a couple of times. So that was a lot of that's a lot of socializing for me in a week. Um, I also went to a meeting one day. I hung out with Mike. Maybe that was last week, though. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that was last Saturday. Um, yeah. Other than that, I, like, one day this past week, I think it was Friday or something. Am I still here? 
Am I still here? Hello? Hello? No, I'm here. Oh, you went Wait, up. Can you hear? Am I here now? Yeah, you're here, Dennis. <laughs> Good. Dennis is I, here. I was going to say that one day last week, I think it was Friday or what Thursday or something, like my dad, like I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning because I had a dream or something. It was Friday. No, I don't know. But uh, and so I laid in my bed just playing Pokemon or doing something like that. And then at six o'clock, I decided to get up. And as I was getting up and putting my pants on, my dad like knocks on the door and opens the door real quick. And he's like, you got to take me to the airport. And I'm like, well, why didn't you freaking tell me? And he's like, I told you right now. So like spur of the moment at six o'clock in the morning, I had to hurry and take my dad to the airport. Um, so that was fun and unexpected, I guess. And then I went to the meeting that day because I was awake and passing by the meeting whenever it started. Uh, yeah. And then I picked them up on Sunday. So that's my week. What about you, Mike? Interesting. Uh, it was good. Good weekend. Had a funny moment uh, Friday. I, I think I mentioned, la- yeah, last week that uh, apparently my daughter is uh, my my ex-wife said that she dreads to see me and she everything else. And I I picked her up from school and uh, she did say, I don't want to hang out with you. And obviously that hurts, but it's a four year old. So take it as you will. But we had a uh, had a good weekend. Ended up actually going to Disney on uh, Friday, and had plans to meet up secretly. Like I'll never tell my daughter that we are going to do certain things just in case they don't work out, because then she'll be upset. So like we got in the car and we we're driving for an hour, and she's like, "Where are we going?" And I said, "Going to Magic Kingdom." And she like freaked out and was all excited. And I knew that there were friends from Tampa who have a daughter themselves that's the same age. And they were going to go to Magic Kingdom, but they on accident, they made a reservation at Hollywood Studios instead. And the last time I went, they were totally fine with us because it was at night. It was like seven o'clock at night going to Magic Kingdom. And Disney turned them away and said no, that they couldn't go to Magic Kingdom because the reservation was made of Hollywood. And uh, I think that's I think that's terrible. I get it, but I think it's really awful that that's what uh, what it's coming to because it really wasn't as busy as I've seen Disney. So I don't think three people would have made a difference. And they have annual passes, but maybe it's still stuff that they're working through. Or maybe this is just what it is. So yeah, I, had that's two crazy. I had two choices to make. And I mean, we're talking, it was it was like 7.30 at night at that point. So to t- turn them away when the place is only open for three hours. And the Disney workers li- literally said, I've had people offer me money and I've had to turn them away. And for a, somebody to say that, I thought was like kind of sketchy but whatever 
hey, I still love it. You know, yeah. got annual passes and stuff. But it's, but it's not the it's, What's that, Dennis? I was going to say it's not the workers' fault. They're just doing their job. It's the policies. Like, that's the yeah, problem. But I don't. That comment didn't seem like something that should probably be said. Like people offered me money and I had to say no. That's their way of saying it's not personal. Like I just, I, my hands are tied. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, that, that could be. So the, uh, I had two choices. I could either stay there and not see my friends that I hadn't seen in six months or, uh, go drive to Hollywood. And I decided to do that. So that way we could hang out for even 30 minutes because they closed at nine. So I got back in my car because my daughter, that's what she wanted to do. So did that. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the program, I was able to, like, take it and go, okay, well, what what's going to be best? Even though I would have much rather just stayed there and enjoyed it there rather than having to get back on the monorail, go get my car, drive into a park, park, and then go into a whole new thing. Uh you know, get the stroller out that I got from James. Thanks, James. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, so so it was good. It was a fun time. So I, I liked how you were able to park hop and they weren't. Yeah, because I already checked into the park. Apparently, if they checked into the park, then they could have done it. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. They didn't that, check in really for their reservation. It really doesn't. It really doesn't make much sense. So if they scanned their band and then decided to go to Magic Kingdom, they would have been fine. Yeah, that make it so, does make more it, sense though. What's that? It does make more sense though. Because thing doesn't make any sense that they were able to come in just if they spent another thirty minutes to just have it scanned. Seems kind of weird that that that's that's how that works, but that's how it works, right? That's how it says in the big book. That's how it works. So it is what it is. It is what it is. So we got the tear and share, Dennis. Can you kick us off and uh, maybe maybe pick one, and then we'll do T, James, and me, and we'll do two rounds of the tear and share. So do you want me to share? So you share you share first and then pick one for okay. tea and we'll go around like that. No tea, okay. Dennis. I know I'm you not you can here's the shuffling. He's shuffling the bag of topics. And do what <laughs> let's let's try uh, to shoot for two minute shares so that way we all keep right. it. We'll stop talking so I can go. Go! Go, Dennis! Alright, I drew surrender. Ooh, step three. I mean I think like to me, like, surrender is the whole crux of the thing, right? Like, you know, like, main goal of the book in the program is to be able to get a conscious contact with God. And the way in doing that is is surrendering our will to him or them or who, whatever your higher power is to like get outside of ourselves so we're not allowing our ego and our own selfish will to dictate our decisions or whatever um that being said it is the most uh, i to me one of the most important principles or steps or whatever but it's also one of the hardest you know i mean we grow up in our life in society that where we typically look out 
for ourselves and what we want and whatever. So to hand that over to like a power that we can't touch, see or smell, you know, like, and have to do it with faith can be kind of hard. You know, we have to feel like that we have to be in control of things when we gain a lot more freedom by like surrendering that control to a higher power. All right, who's next? He's next. Easy does it. Easy does it, but do it is your topic. Nice, nice. When I think about easy does it, I think about what is it, rule 62? You know, not taking yourself so seriously. And one step at a time, walking through, in the beginning it was walking through things sober, just not drinking. Then it was walking recovery, so I have some same thing again. And now it's living a recovered life. And, you know, I, when, you were, when you picked surrender, I thought to myself, yeah, you know, easy does it is surrendering to life as it is and living it. And that to do it means living the life that by the grace of God I have. You know, when I was on the ultra marathoner uh, fit trail festival yesterday, I had a, a goal of a minimum amount of loops I wanted to do. It was a five mile loop and then a maximum amount I wanted to do and then anything else. And, you know, I, I did my last loop, which would have been the, the, the sixth loop and um, that's after the sun went down and there was a period of time there where I started thinking to myself, like, what was I thinking? Like now it's dark and all of the trails look the same. <laughs> where am I going? And I remember I prayed and I kept telling myself, I got that from right? I got that from you all and the encouragement I get from pushing on a step at a time. So easy does it one step at a time and just do it one step at a time. Thanks, T. Hello. Hey, right, James. Hello. God's will versus my will. All right. <clears throat> So we all know that God's will and my will is not always the same. And I've learned that my will um, is my, my thoughts, right? So my life and my will, when I say my life, that's my actions. My will is my thoughts. So what am I thinking about today? Um, am I waking up and thinking about God? That would be God's will. He wants me to put him first in every situation. So it's practicing that on a daily basis. Um, it's really about, um, you know, before I go into, into work, uh, before I have a conversation with the, my wife, before I go on an interview, before I do anything, um, am I inviting God into the situation so he can lead the way? You know, when I, when I took my assessment, 
last week, I, I don't think I prayed or invited God in once. And naturally, I was nervous instead of peaceful and calm. And after the whole thing, I, I thought about it. I was like, you know, I, I didn't, God wasn't even part of this. No wonder I failed. So now I know going back, like I, I've got this peace in my heart knowing that I'm not only am I going to study more, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to like say, God, listen, this is, it's your will that, that I have this position and please go first and, and pave the way and, and help me out because, you know, and if, it, if it's your will to, to not pass, then that's fine. But at least I'm inviting him in and I'm being conscious of him. And I think that's, you know, and I believe that God always would have me put other people first. God first, other people first after that, and then myself third. But my wife is right after God. <laughs> she laughed. Um, so that's that's what I got on that. Thanks so much. Mike, pick pick one. Reach into the back. Okay, I'm reaching in. I'm reaching in. I can't even read this. Dennis, what does it say? It says, <laughs> dealing with trouble in recovery. That's what it is. I, I couldn't read your handwriting. I know my um, handwriting's kind of shot. It's a, it's actually the worst that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's funny. So this original topic that we did, we did about two and a half years ago, and I know that because it was July and it was hot as the Dickens. It was. And that how do you when, know all this? I know it because when we did that topic, I can't. I was dealing with a new life in finding out that I was going to be headed towards divorce. Um, and it was a impossible time. In the last two and a half years, the I, I thought the, the biggest trouble that I was going to have was probably going to be uh, behind me. And I know that the lack of control is where I get myself in trouble. Because usually, if it's trouble and it's something I did, then I can follow that back and correct my path. But when I am in a spot where I can't control what's happening, which is the majority of the time, in my, in my career, I was told that things were going to change. And then willy-nilly, they changed in a different way and I have to just accept that things are the way they are I can keep my side of the street clean so I can you know just deal with what today is and that usually helps me out the most because trouble happens but I uh, you know there's so many cliches and phrasings that help out as far as I don't feed that wolf when trouble shows up, I don't feed into it with worry. You know, trouble loves worry. That's what it feeds on. You know, if trouble went to a golden corral, it would go right to the section where it was worried because it just builds from there. So I'm thankfully, whenever trouble comes up, I send it to the mac and cheese station. And uh, it usually likes it a lot more, you know. So that's it. That's what we got, Dennis. Is this gonna go i was not expecting the golden corral reference <laughs> okay i love macaroni 
Oh, God, it's so good. I like the rolls there. You would? That's, like, that's the best thing there. You would. All right, my turn again. I got self-centeredness. Me, myself, and I. Yeah. I mean, I'm the center of the universe because there's infinite universe to the left of me and to the right of me and above me and below me. So I'm like the center and everyone should recognize that. It's just how simple it is. Um, obviously, that's a joke. Um, yeah, I was, waiting for, I was waiting for the giggles and I got nothing. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, no, obviously, uh, when I was drinking and drugging that, like, I mean, I was completely self-centered, you know, like I only thought about how I was going to get high, how I was going to have a good time and whatever. And, you know, obviously that hurt a lot of people like around me, like people I cared about, people, friends, family, all that stuff. Um, and it didn't really work out in life. And I think coming into recovery, one of the things that we learned is, is to become more God-centered, like we've all touched on already, rather than self-centered, and think of others before we think of ourselves kind of thing. Um, I think it's very, you know, important. I think it's a very powerful thing when we're able to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, I'm obviously not perfect at it, but like, you know, the moment that we start putting other things first and stop worrying about ourselves and like the things we want or whatever, and we start helping other people achieve what they want and what they need, then our stuff kind of just falls in line, you know? And I think on the grander scale of the world, if everyone was able to do that, where we all thought about how our actions affected other people, and what good we could do for other people, then everyone would be taken care of already, right? Other than just the few, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I got on self-centeredness. T-Bird's next. She's, ho she's holding Pooh Bear. Yes. All right, this is perfect for Pooh Bear. Ego. <gasps> Ego. Ego's there. So, tea alcoholic. When I think about ego, I immediately think about that acronym, easing God out. And, you know, I'm not sure I really understood that when I first walked into recovery. And then over time, as I made my way through the steps, and especially that six and seven step that I think works me more than I work it, I started thinking about it almost as an analogy, like a boardroom where ego was the chairman. And all of my character traits that went defective were officers on the board <laughs> and directors. And then eventually when I walked down the hall and I saw Ego waving on the right, I realized, yeah, we're going to buy you out. And then I just kept going past the water cooler, you know, into God's house. And, you know, in God's house, there's a beautiful group of people that are all these you know, love, joy, peace, the principles of the program of recovery, which starts with honesty and it's got courage and integrity, humility, uh, things that we're all part of 
who I am, but I had either stopped activating it or had not activated it at all. And, you know, I, I constantly am trying to fire ego. I think at the beginning I was, I was working on convincing ego that it could still work with God and I, um, but you know, God is a one man show and, and, uh, less of me is uh the goal that i have but not less of the person i am but less of my ego you know less of my feelings and my thoughts and more of my soul and my spirit uh walking with god and you know if i listen to god's thoughts uh then it is a lot easier for me to respond to what's going on in life especially in the workplace and i think as i'm talking out loud i definitely going to have uh the spiritual tool of listening uh not just to others but listening to who i'm listening to in my mind so that my heart is focused on god and i listen more talk less and listen more all right that's it that's what i got your turn your turn Simplicity. What? How is that even a topic? <laughs> <laughs> keep it, keep it simple, sweetheart. Oh, he called me sweetheart. Okay, you sweetheart. Wow. Um, what do I think about when I think about simplicity? So, being a recovered alcoholic, um, my days are quite simple. I have um, a job where I don't really have to think too much. I go to work, I do my job, and I do my job with the best of my heart and integrity, and I do the best I can. And I come home and I don't think about my job, which is super simple for me. However, the past month I have been because I'm learning something new. I accept new challenges. I, um, Whenever I get in a place where... You know, I, I need a challenge or when I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Um, I think I'm just God designed me to want new challenges. So that's why I kind of reached out and I started the whole Disney thing. And um, even though it's still simple, it's it keeps me interested. Um, I'm not the person who can work in the same place for too long. Um in that regards, uh, my days are are nice. I wake up, I go to the gym, I, and I stay on a, a schedule. And if the thing is, if I if I miss it, I don't beat myself up. I keep it super simple. I go to meetings every day. If I don't make it, it's okay. I'll go the next day. I I always cut myself some slack. But I'm not lazy, and I have a certain set of principles and guidelines that I stick to. And I do this because I know that the end result has me feeling good and it has me contributing to the stream of life today instead of taking away. And being keeping it simple means, you know, helping the next person who's asking for help. Um, and that's what I got. Yeah. Thanks, James. All right. Final one. I got to make it count. All right, Dennis, I'll, I'll let you read this one for me. All right, I appreciate it. I enjoy doing that. Ah, perfect. We are not a glum lot. <laughs> we are not a glum lot. Yeah. So, I think there was times, and 
it's probably probably less than five times where in early sobriety and my first sponsor told me that I should knock it off because there's the t- I I would never be and I'm I'm a very outgoing person but I had to really turn my life over to get to a point where the parties or get-togethers that were in my friend group where there was alcohol in early sobriety I was turning down any opportunity to go to those saying like oh I don't feel comfortable and then my sponsor uh, after like six months in was like, well, why are you, you turning down the ones where your partner, my wife at the time, it was her friends. I was like, I, I can't be around that. But any of my friends that wanted to hang out and they were still drinking, I was fine with it. And he said, like, you have to show that this program does work if you're working it. And if you feel antsy, you can step away. But if you're just saying, no, you can't do things because you don't want to, that's not what the program really is all about. Like you can show that you can go anywhere, do anything. And that the drink was just your solution until it stopped working. It wasn't the problem. The problem was, was you, you know, and who you were and what, how you were thinking uh, you were going to be able to get through life. So I, I almost had to do it to, to show like, I don't, I don't know the, uh, they had Alcathons in my first, uh, I, I think the last one I've gone to admittedly has probably been five years ago since I've gone to a, uh, Alcathon and stayed for like many hours, but there's a lot of really fun things as far as that goes on holidays, uh, and stuff that really doesn't have to do with sobriety that's just people hanging out like what dennis was talking about socializing like that's a prime example of uh having a great time while being sober something that i thought even going to see a movie was a opportunity to get drunk and be at a movie and why would anybody go see a movie without being drunk like i i made alcohol in everything and now i see that uh it's it's really it's just as much fun, if not more fun, because then you don't have to worry about oh how am I going to get home? How am I you know like any of and that. you can remember it and I can remember it, Dennis. I can't tell you how many times I saw movies like I liked old movies from the eighties, and I would watch movies at home and watch them like four times, and then my wife at the time would come home and she's like, "You're watching this again," and I had no re- <laughs> I had no remembering. Of that I saw it three times before and we had that conversation. So I like that. So I like not being glum as a plum. And uh, there we go. What an episode. Who knew we could have so much fun while being sober? I want to, uh, I re- really want joining us on episode 179. Thanks for uh, having me. That wraps Thank it up. You. Yeah, we'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope on episode 180. With an effective character to entirely your defects removed. Remember, tearing is caring. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>